How's it going, everybody? This is me again, Chewy, one of the hosts of the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And I am once again joined by my good friend Monica. Hi, guys. So, Monica, you've been having a, an eh day or what? It's been okay. Um, things are going great at my new job. Yeah, I'm getting the hang of things pretty quickly, so I'm, I'm really, like, happy about that. And... Yeah, I got a little little uh, couple of events planned for this week, so I'm excited about that too. Nice, my friend, nice. I had an okay week at work, I guess. I mean, it's like, eh. <laughs> I was telling you, like, off the air that nothing much exciting happens in my life. <laughs> because I just work and I come home and just hang out here and watch TV or YouTube or Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I had that little show last week, I was like the first time that I was doing anything for like over a year and a half. That was the most fun I ever had in like that long. <laughs> but I'm looking for places to play and stuff like that. And by mm -hmm. the way, my voice is a little shot right now because I was practicing some, practicing some songs. Ooh. And the thing about that is that if you're not familiar with how music works, <laughs> like, not to be condescending, but it's, it's because I well. What I'm trying to say is that my range is limited. I, I mean, as you might have heard, I have kind of a deep voice, speaking voice. Mm -hmm. And some of the songs that I want to sing are sang or sung by people that sing really high. Okay. So I got to figure out a way to switch this around, the keys, and, and move the chords around and make sure that it fits my range. And then I find something that I think works, but then one part is higher and I can't go that high. Or one part is lower and it sounds like off to me because you're used to hearing a song a certain way and you want to sing it like that. But, you know, in my case, I can't because I'm limited by my range. But anyways, uh, my voice is a little chalk because I was trying to learn a couple songs. And I'm like, oh, okay. <clears throat> so <laughs> what better remedy to cure that than beer? Exactly. <laughs> Nature's lubricant. Actually, it's not made by nature, but whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> we have discussed how beer is salad, so we're good. Exactly. That's true. We did do that. <laughs> it is made from a plant, so we're good. Mm -hmm. It's organic. <laughs> All right. So, Monica, you want to give people the hint of the movie we're discussing today? So, today we're talking about, well, I mean, not a hint. You mean like a tiny mini or a hint? Well, I mean, it's a, you always kind of review the movie, the movie anyways with the hint, so, I mean... Okay. Do your thing, my friend. You do you. Today, we watched a wonderful movie with the gorgeous Jensen Ackles playing a uh, disturbed young man. And it's really, it's about uh, this mining city, like, or little town, town or something. And um, a tragedy happens in the mines, and there is someone who gets trapped there who vows revenge basically and kills half of the town Literally. basically yeah <laughs> uh, almost yeah yeah so the whole movie's just you know trying to figure out who who the killer is who is it who is nice it? and this was your pick mind you because i don't like that guy ah. <laughs> he's gorgeous I, I, it's not that, well i don't know it's not that I, I don't like him like that i mean he's a good actor but you know <laughs> I don't like him the way you like him, let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So, let's go ahead and before we get into the movie, actually, let's go ahead and remind our listeners of our social media accounts. So, we have our Facebook under Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends, and we have our Instagram under Myths Behind LGDS. 
Our Twitter is MythsBehindLGDS, and you can also email us at MythsBehindLegends at gmail.com. Coolness. And we have our letterbox, which is a movie blog type of community where you can review movies, you can give your opinions, you can like other people's reviews, you can make lists of movies you like, that you don't like, etc. And that is also under Myths Behind LGDS. And by the way, we have a watch list under in which we, we have close to 40 films that we are kind of thinking of working on in the future. So if you want to suggest a movie from there or if you want to let us know of something that you might think we might enjoy, that's cool. We can put it under as well. And the favorite moment of the entire episode for Monica is our website URL, which, by the way, <laughs> I noticed that I have not updated in, in about in close to a month, so I need to go in there and <laughs> update when I'm yeah. off next time. <laughs> Couple, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. But, yes, that URL is under myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot mailchimpsites.com nice we need to make that into a t-shirt we should for sure <laughs> or something we, we, we make something with that like a little remix or something <laughs> uh, release our own little single <laughs> like a 10 second song yeah <laughs> All right, so since you already gave us a hint of the movie, let's go ahead and take a little break, and we'll be right back with our critique segment in which we will go a little bit more in-depth with the details of this film. Stick around. Don't go anywhere, people. everybody so we are at the critique segment in which monica and i go as i mentioned earlier more in depth into the technical aspects of the movie so like the cinematography the sound design the special effects etc 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 so the first thing i want to say monica is that i thought the movie was pretty good i hadn't seen it in a long time i think the first time that i saw it was maybe about a year or two after it came out so i had forgotten about it pretty much like about the plot and everything did you see it like regular? Because this movie, this movie is meant to be seen 3D. Well, I don't have a 3D TV or glasses or anything, <laughs> so I had to watch it like regular resolution, whatever. I mean, it was still kind of HD-ish. Yeah. But I didn't get to see it in its full 3D glory. If that's what you're asking. Yeah. So like when it first came out, I think I was working at the movie theater, and. I didn't see that movie, the whole thing. I saw pieces of it, and then I didn't, you know, finish it. So me watching it this time was almost like watching it, like, for the first time, completely. I remember the freaking trailers for it, and people were so excited because it was, like, a horror 3D movie, and it was like, whoa, oh my gosh. I don't know if this was one of the first ones that came out that was, like, 3D and horror, not really. No? Which other ones? Well, when this one came out, it went 2009? 2009 or 10. I mean, they had done this in the 70s or 80s with Jaws 3D and 
Friday the 13th Part 3 was 3D. But when did it come out? Those came out in the 80s. I mean, this movie, incidentally, is a remake from a movie in the 80s. Yeah, but, like, they weren't in 3D. The original wasn't. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So, like, when this movie came out, what other movies came out that were also 3D that were horror movies? If you're talking about the same time period, I can't remember. I mean, like, the ones that I told you about, they were 3D. And you, you actually wore those, like, like the goofy, like, red, like the red and the blue glasses. Uh-huh. They were People were actually given those when they went to see Jaws 3D and Friday the 13th 3D. In the 80s, mind you. 3D existed in the 80s? Yeah, dude. Really? I mean, not to the extent that it is available now, but it was, like, pretty rudimentary. I mean, you had to use... You've seen those glasses, right? The, the little blue and yeah. red? Uh-huh. So people were given those. What? When they went to the movies. How did I not know this? Wow. I feel like I've been looking under a rock. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know the original for this was not made in 3D. Uh-huh. I haven't seen the original, actually. And speaking about this movie by itself, on its own merits, I thought it was okay. I, since I haven't seen the original, I can't compare it. Yeah. I'm sure people would always say that the original was better. And that's my, typically my, <laughs> my mindset, really. Mm-hmm. That remakes aren't that great. I mean, there are some exceptions, of course, but... I feel like this movie, if I didn't know that it was a remake, I would still appreciate it for what it is. It's a, it's a horror movie, dude. It's it's pretty cool. I liked it. I don't think it's groundbreaking, but... Uh-huh. It's very, like, slasher-y. I think that's why you like it. I think it's a throwback to the, my, my jam, which is the 80 slashers, yeah, like you're saying. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, I mean, I thought the acting was a little bit too much sometimes. It's like any yeah. movie, man. I mean, for the most part, it was well-acted. Like, it was realistic, I guess. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people weren't, like, they, they kind of just overdid it a little bit. I mean, I can't think of any specific scenes at the moment. But, I you know, it's like, uh, that's just a minimal gripe that I have with it. I mean, with pretty much every movie that I see. <laughs> yeah. But why do you think of the cast? I mean, the cast is pretty good. The cast is pretty good. It's funny because, like, so in the beginning when there's that girl that's, like, sleeping with that married man at the motel. Mm-hmm. And then she runs out naked or whatever. I don't know why. But that girl really reminded me of Pamela Anderson, specifically, or like that one chick with like in Scary Movie, the the girl who's like answers the phone. Oh, it was Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra, yeah. Yeah. So for some reason, this this chick reminded me of like Carmen Electra and Pamela Anderson at the same time, <laughs> um, and it was very like, oh my God, like the little bimbo or whatever that runs out and, you know, of course gets murdered. But uh, I thought that was funny. (laughs) I want to talk about that scene later because uh, there's a funny story behind that scene. And, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Before we get to that, yeah, there's a couple things I want to mention as well. Going back to the cast, I mean, the supernatural dude, what is his name, Jensen? Oh, Bay. I love that guy. (laughs) He's the best. Sucks. And I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> nah, he, he's, he, he's a pretty actor. I mean, he acts pretty good. In this movie, he... I mean, he does kind of overdo it, like I mentioned earlier, but yeah. in general, he does... Uh, he pulls off a good performance. Yeah. But I want to give a special shout-out to Mr. Tom Atkins, who's the sheriff. Like, the old sheriff. Oh, okay. He's a big action... Or not action, but like 80s horror actor. He actually came out in Halloween 3... 
as as the main dude and he plays like a middle-aged man that kind of meets this like younger lady and like they go on adventures trying to stop evil wow <laughs> because halloween 3 if you're not aware of this uh, you know either in the audience is the only movie that does not feature michael myers i mean mm -hmm. there's, there's a whole story behind that that i don't want to get too much into but basically the movie studio thought or the makers of halloween thought that michael myers in part two had died and that was it so now they're gonna move into a different story and just kind of keep it like a series of movies that were connected through the Halloween. Oh, okay. Right? So that was where this movie, Halloween 3, was going, and they hired Tom Atkins to play the, the lead guy, and it's a pretty good movie on its own. If it didn't have the Halloween name, I think it would have done a lot better. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, he came out in that movie. He came out in a different movie called um, Night of the Creeps, which is about alien zombies kind of thing. So that's a pretty cool movie also. That's my jam, dude. No. Like all these like trashy 80s like <laughs> horror movies. I, I live for that stuff, dude. And he was in both of those and he's in this one. So And then in this one, he's already like in his 70s probably. Yeah. But he does a pretty good performance. I mean, he gets done for in a very like gory way, man. He shoves the, the pickaxe through his jaw and like dislocates it. Oh, yeah. And getting to that point specifically, I mean, there's two killers in this movie. Yeah, technically, yeah. There's two killers in the movie because the first one is the guy that gets trapped, and he gets trapped in there because of your boyfriend's, like, mistakes, whatever. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so he gets trapped in the mine and with, like, five other people that... And this guy's name is Harry, I think. Yeah. And then people find out that he murdered those people to conserve his oxygen, I guess, for food supply or whatever, like, to survive. When they found him, he was in a coma, and the other people were all dead, like, with a pickaxe through their, their heads, whatever. Uh-huh. And then he escapes after a while. Like, he's in a coma for, like, a long time, and then he wakes up for no reason. And, mm -hmm. like you said, he, dude, this guy kills, like, the entire hospital. I know. He freaking murders everyone. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude. The strength that he had after that coma, like, were they feeding him in that tube? Like... Puro milk, dude. I know. <laughs> he's, ready. he's all jacked and ready to freaking get his revenge on again. Dude, I feel weak after I wake up from a nap, like a two-hour nap. Like, I mean, this guy mm -hmm. was in a coma for like, no, like ten years, whatever, and he like has the strength. Rage. <laughs> yeah, the strength and the stamina to murder an entire hospital worth of people. Like, dude, like the scene is pretty like gory because you see like all these bodies thrown everywhere like gutted and blood in the yeah. walls and like in half mm -hmm. <laughs> it's pretty cool but yeah it's pretty messed up i mean it's it's pretty unrealistic i mean like you said to, i actually hadn't thought about that like this guy was in a coma and he would not be even able to walk mm -hmm. so then he gets done for i mean well actually before he that happens he escapes from the hospital after murdering like 50 people whatever yeah <laughs> he goes back to the mine Mm -hmm. where like all these high school kids are partying and he kills all of them too yeah except for like three or four of them he'd be satisfied like he was just insatiable that's what he was yeah like all this bloodlust dude i know it's intense and we'll talk about that in the third segment mm -hmm. because i think it's interesting how this guy had, I, I mean had lived a pretty unremarkable unremarkable life up to that point mm -hmm. and then he just becomes this, like mass murderer like michael myers slash jason style but then jensen uh his name is in the movies i believe tom yeah he becomes the killer eventually yeah and you're led to believe that it could be him or the sheriff the or the, the younger sheriff uh axel 
Yeah. But in the end, we find out that it's it's Tom, Jensen Eccles. Yep. Who has gone insane. And, dude, like, his kills are pretty legit, too, man. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, they were intense. And I think his brain just broke from, like, the the remorse of being responsible for all those people's deaths. So he just, like... Yeah. yeah, something definitely went. I mean, he was in a mental hospital, I think. They mentioned that towards the end also. Yeah. For several years, so something was definitely, like, not okay with him at that point. And, yeah, so, like I said, we're going to talk about both these guys later on in the, in the episode, so stick around for that. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring up the point of Bay for this movie. It is not who you might think. It is not who you might think. It is not the naked lady, and, like I said, we'll talk about her in a minute, too. The wife? No, actually, I like the, the, the Sancha. Oh, okay. The supermarket girl. And I like her because she actually comes out of my favorite show ever. Well, not ever, but in, like my current favorite show, which is The Blacklist. Oh, okay. Uh, she is Megan. And <laughs> pretty original because her name in real life is also Megan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so this girl comes out. I, I had no idea she came out of this movie, dude. And I started watching The Blacklist last summer during the whole like quarantine crap. Yeah. And it is legit a show that I recommend. I mean, it's like... Jason Bourne meets James Bond meets like sci-fi because there's like a whole bunch of like weird stuff that happens in that show but it's pretty cool it's pretty legit she plays mm-hmm. an FBI agent in that show and I, I, I fell in love with her sorry <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah but but in this movie she plays the uh, the lover of the sheriff uh-huh. and she gets the Bay Award for this movie <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the special effects, what do you think? The 3D effects. Like, do you think they were done well, or...? Yeah, I think they were... I don't feel... I feel like they weren't overdone. Um, I kind of wish I would have seen this in 3D. That would have been pretty cool. But I liked it, you know? The one thing that I didn't like was the bullet at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, that was unnecessary, but whatever, I guess. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, that was the only one that was like legit CGI, and you could tell like it's like. Yeah. But I think for the most part, the the 3D effects were done pretty well. I mean, they mm-hmm. aged okay, better than a lot of other movies, I think. Yep, I agree. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Piranha Triple D. Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> I again, I worked at the movies when that movie came out, and it was freaking ridiculous. Like. Yeah. That was just kind of like Sharknado, you know? They just friggin' did that movie just for the f*** of it. Like, just to <laughs> see what they could get away with, basically. Yeah, I mean, I don't recommend anybody watches that movie because it's, it's kind of dumb, but... It's really dumb. I mean, yeah. it's a good movie to watch to just, like, rag on. Like, it's one of those movies, but... Watch that movie with a group of friends with, like, popcorn and snacks and throw popcorn yes. at each other and, like, you know, just kind of make a party out of it. <laughs> exactly. Take a shot every time something ridiculous happens and you... <laughs> You'll end up in the hospital with alcohol poisoning. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclaimer, do not follow my advice, please. Um, no, that whole movie is ridiculous. <laughs> You'll die. And well, let's go back to that scene with that naked girl because there's actually a bit of history behind that and I had no idea about this. I mean, like, it's a pretty long scene. It's like a five-minute scene, dude. I know. It's not just, like, topless. It's like you see this lady from, like, every angle, from, like, different, like, distances. I mean, you, you see her. You see all yeah, of this lady. It, it reminded me of when I was in art class in college and we had to do like nude drawings. Uh-huh. That's basically what I saw. Like this whole lady, you know, just cooching all, just out there for the world to see. Yeah. 
I mean, I want to think that if I was ever caught in a situation like that where I am not, like, in, I'm not wearing any clothes. Uh-huh. And I need to wear, like, run out of my house for something. I would at least wear, like, a towel or a boxer shorts or something, dude. Like, I would want to, like, take 10 seconds to put something on myself and, okay, like, I'm at least kind of decent to get out there. Yeah, which I thought she was going to do because she grabbed a piece of clothing and then she just was like, oh, never mind. And then she just ran out with the gun. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Girl, so, it's cold outside. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely. And well, as as enjoyable as that scene was for her to watch, for for obvious reasons, uh, the history behind this is that the guy that she's with in the hotel room. Guess who that guy is? Stone Cold Steve Austin. He looks like him, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not him though. I, I, you know. Oh, who is I, it? I, I feel like they could have gotten him for that part. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that guy is one of the screenwriters. What? One of the guys that wrote like all the scenes and the dialogue for this movie wrote himself into a scene in which he's like Wow in, in, a, in a motel room with yeah. a naked lady. I mean oh, oh yeah. Of course he would write himself <laughs> sleeping with this chick. Wow. Okay. Nice, okay. nice one, bro. <laughs> you are my hero, sir. Uh but <laughs> Uh, well, not only that, not only that, I mean, this guy, okay, he wrote himself into that scene as a cameo order, right? Okay. And, he, and imagine, like, you know what, I don't feel like that take was right, let's do another take, guys, you know? Let's, <laughs> like, like, let's try shooting it from that angle, you know, see what happens with it, you know? <laughs> so, besides that, the lady, I forgot her name, I think her name is Betty or Betsy in real life. In that scene... Originally, she was not meant to walk out of the room naked. She was supposed to put on something like a nightie or something like that. Yeah. But she was the one that decided that the scene would be more effective if she was completely naked. That kind of took me by surprise when I found that out because usually it's the guys that's shooting the movie, like the director or whatever, that's, oh no, let's do this this way. Yeah. According to herself, she said in an interview that they did a few takes where she was, she actually covered herself with a sheet or whatever. Uh huh. But that she felt like it wasn't like coming across right. Yeah. And she was like, "Well, let me try this, and if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, whatever." So that's when she did the whole like naked thing. It was definitely more impactful. It was like, "Wait, what the? F what are you doing?" Like it was more like, "Hey, like, whoa there!" Like, but it it kind of did, um, I guess, convey the frustration and anger that she had. I wanna say that maybe she thought it was like a way to make her look more more vulnerable or something like that i mean because yeah. when you're in that state i mean you're as vulnerable as you can be like you know anywhere you're like even even when you're at home by yourself like that's like the most like vulnerable you're ever gonna be yeah so i don't know if she thought about it that way like oh you know i, I want to like convey a sense of vulnerability with this scene so let me just go out there in commando like yeah <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you think about that story. I can understand that for sure. Um, and the guy violated her trust, dude. He he freaking recorded everything. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be thinking about putting clothes on either. Maybe I would just run out. Like, it makes sense. I thought it was an interesting story as far as the uh, behind the scenes stuff. That's pretty cool. And well, before we finish. What do you think of the ending when they're having that little showdown, the, the three of them in the in the mine? I'm just kind of annoyed that he survived. Like, yeah, like die, dude, just fucking die already. Like, <laughs> like what? 
I guess. I honestly, at some point, I did think that... I mean, I, I had a feeling, obviously, that it was going to be like... Because I hadn't seen the ending for this movie. So, obviously, when he was like, oh, the Be My Valentine thing that was written in blood, like, all the only people who knew that were the cop and her. And her. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't there. And she never talked to him, like, for about that. So, I said the laton, which was like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, he's the killer. Like, oh, am <laughs> Um, but obviously I didn't want to believe it because he's Bay, so I was just like, nah, it's not him. Not him. <laughs> um, but I, like when she was, when the, the cop was like, you know, just shoot both of us. And I was like, yeah, do it. He deserves it. He deserves to get shot. He was cheating on you. Shoot him. He'll survive. He'll just go to the hospital. That whole scene was like, it was cool, but then I didn't like that. While they were fighting, they never showed her, like, her reacting or trying to debate whether she should shoot them or not. Oh, yeah. I feel like maybe I'm theorizing here that she had to go somewhere and she wasn't there for that scene. So <laughs> they didn't show her at all. Because normally when it's, like, a situation like that, they show everybody in the room, you know? Yeah. Like, I liked all the other stuff better than that scene. I think... I thought it was a nice throwback to 80s slashers because they always find a way to survive. Like, Michael always survives. Jason always survives. Freddy always survives. It's kind of, I think, like a throwback to those movies because that's how it is. And I would imagine that they would maybe thought about doing a sequel, but it never came to be. Yeah, I don't really think that movie generated a lot, a lot of revenue to begin with. Like, mm -hmm. it was okay, but, like, I don't think it was that successful in the box office. Yeah. I, I would imagine it's the same. I mean, like, it's kind of weird that movies that you think don't do that great get sequels and movies that you think are okay are, like, forgotten about. I had forgotten about this movie because, like, like I said, I saw it maybe, like, a year or two after it was out and then I never saw it again. And I, I forgot about it until you suggested it, so. Yeah. I don't even know why I remembered it because I had forgotten about it, too. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> well... Let's go ahead and give our rating for this movie. And the units for this time would be how many deranged and enraged minors. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it. Okay. That was like a little rhyme there. Deranged and enraged kind of rhymes, you know, so. Yeah. I felt like a poet when I came up with that, so. Wow. <laughs> Art the making. One of my many talents, my friend. <laughs> So, how many do you give this? My score is... Mm, I'm going to go with a six. A six? Yeah. All right. I'm going to agree with you. This movie deserves a six. Mm -hmm. It's, like, not amazing, but, like, not bad. It's, like, a little bit in between. Yeah, it's a little bit above average. I mean, I would say that it's a movie that you can enjoy as if you're looking for something that's along the lines of 80s slashers but a little bit more modern. Uh-huh. You can use this because, like we mentioned, the kills are pretty gory. The the violence is there. Yeah. It's a pretty bloody movie. It's hot, you know, so it's nice to, know. Nice to watch. Some good eye candy. <laughs> well, I'm watching it for the kills, my friend, but yes. Uh, <laughs> so this movie gets 6 out of 10 deranged and enraged minors from both of us. So, yeah. We recommend it, but just uh, be aware that, you know, it's not groundbreaking or anything. Like, you know, it's just like... It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a popcorn flick you can enjoy for a rainy day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. All right, awesome. So having said all that, let's go ahead and take a little break, and we'll come back with our academic segment after these messages. Hey, guys. I'm Darcy, founder of Spirit. And I'm Kelly, the chief technical officer of Spirit. Back in 2011, we formed the Supernatural Paranormal Investigations and Research Institute, searching for answers to mysterious things that were happening in our little corner of Canada. And we haven't stopped searching for those answers ever since. Join us on our podcast, Canadian Spirit, as we dive into all of Canada's most famous and forgotten paranormal mysteries. Examine the evidence and try to figure out what might be behind Canada's ghosts, cryptids, and UFO encounters. In Canadian Spirit, you'll get a peek behind the curtain and see for yourself what being a paranormal investigator is really like and learn something about Canadian history, which isn't as boring as it sounds. Even if it is, so we'll do our best to make it entertaining. So come along for the ride and discover for yourself what makes the land of maple and hockey so wonderfully weird. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, raccoons are aliens, werewolves are perverts, and ghosts are just downright rude sometimes. All right, Monica and the audience, we are now at the academic segment in which we discuss something that the movie connects to in quote-unquote real life. So... In this case, I thought, well, we can talk about Valentine's Day, but it's not February and then the <laughs> right now. But lucky for us, my friend, I found some information on the festival that preceded Valentine's Day as we know it. So I thought, well, let's talk about that because I didn't really know about this. And mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people out there wouldn't know about this either. So... This is a festival by the, the name of, and I'm going to butcher this, by the way, Lupercalia. Okay. So, this festival, Monica, originated in ancient Rome. And Ooh. they always celebrated it around February 15th. And keep in mind, the calendar was weird back then. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the calendar that we have now because it's changed over time. So, I don't think <laughs> we're actually in the year 2021. We might be like in the year 2024 or... 2015 or whatever you know that but i mean according to their calendar it was around february 15th in rome and this one originated as a way to like be like a matchmaking thing okay and also they thought it would ward off evil spirits and infertility so they wanted people to have babies back then mm. it was a very bloody violent and sexually charged celebration that also featured animal sacrifices. Jesus. I mean, these were, you know, not prehistoric times, but this is uh, like sometime around the 6th century before Christ. So about 2,700 years ago, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> about 3,000 years, 25, whatever. So before I even tell you anything about this, what do you think about this? I think that's intense. It sounds... Uh... Intense. <laughs> <laughs> it's intense because it's intense. Nice, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so basically, to recap before we get into it more in depth, it's a celebration in which they sacrificed animals, they did bloody rituals, they used violence, but 
people always ended up working with a date. Yeah, that's pretty deranged, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, I feel like Tinder might be a better choice nowadays. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> nice. well, I say that with reservations because Tinder's kind of a, a wild, like landscape, <laughs> 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 or it can be. I mean, I'm still under, but don't tell anybody. Uh, so you just did. You just did. I told everyone. <laughs> Uh, well, nobody knows where I'm at, so that's cool. You gotta like adjust the miles or whatever, right? So. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so this festival, which once again is called Lupercalia, nobody knows the exact origin of it, Monica, but they estimate that it started around the sixth century before Christ, like I said, and uh -huh. it started as a celebration of the founding of the city of Rome. Okay. And basically, the city of Rome. The legend is that two brothers, twins, by the name of Romulus and Remus, were thrown into a river by a king or an emperor because he wanted to get away with them because he didn't want them around. And so they actually survived because they threw them in a river in a basket <laughs> and the basket didn't sink or the, you know, the boys didn't drown or anything. They actually came into this clearing. A she-wolf picked them up and nurtured them with her milk wow. in a cave. And they eventually grew up to become the founders of the city of Rome. That sounds like an adventure. <laughs> what a way to grow up, dude, honestly. I was literally raised by wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine that. It's kind of like like, the, like a fantasy novel like for young adults, dude. Yeah, that's a pretty, you know... Like Narnia stuff. Okay, so that was the founding of Rome. And basically the way these people celebrated that or tried to celebrate that is that they... <laughs> found three places which was palatine hill i'm saying i hope i'm saying that right palatine hill a public meeting place with like a town square called the comitium or mm -hmm. the actual cave in which people thought that the twins were raised by that wolf which is called looper call cave and so they celebrated in these three locations right mm -hmm. and basically there were priests called uh, the Order of the... Well, not really priests, but in, in the sense of, like, Catholic priests, but priests of the, the whatever religion the Romans were practicing back then. Mm -hmm. I guess paganism. And they were called the Order of Luperci. So what they would do is, these guys would sacrifice goats, which represented sexuality in their eyes. Not the goats. And also, my friend, you're going to hate hearing about this, but they also sacrificed a dog in this. No! Ritual. Why? Why would you bring dogs into this? They're yeah. so precious. Yeah, so what these guys would do is after that happened, they would take the knives and smear with the animal's blood and, like, rub it against their foreheads. Kind of like smearing yeah. the, the blood on their faces. And then they would clean that off with a piece of cloth soaked in milk. Okay. Like, what kind of milk? I guess goat milk. That makes sense. Okay. They, they milk the goat, and then they kill it and use its blood, and then clean it with its own milk. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these are weird times, my friend. These are times before technology and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, wow. who knows what other kind of weird festivals or rituals happened, you know, <laughs> that we don't know about. Yeah. So after that happened, these guys, it's the same order of, of priests or, or, you know, religious people would cut the leather of the goat into strips 
and I guess make makeshift whips out of it. Oh. You want to think about it that way? They would proceed to take all their clothes off. Okay, I guess this released the movie. Mm-hmm. They would uh, get completely naked and run run around and trying to find women to hit them with. Damn. So, but the thing is, the women actually didn't run away from this. They actually enjoyed taking. According to this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take, I mean, to each their own. I mean, if you're into SNM, I mean, good. To, yep. I mean, you do you, Roman women. You do you. <laughs> and so they quote unquote enjoyed this uh whipping whatever because they thought that the whipping would make them more likely to bear children in the future interesting so why do you think about that i mean somebody told you the way to get pregnant is for some naked dude to whip you with a goat skin i'd be like well i know what to avoid now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine that in modern times, like. I mean, if I if I wanted children, yes, I'd be like, all right, where's he at? <laughs> Let's get the shit over with. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I, what do you think was running through these people's minds when they thought of this stuff? I mean, like, I'm not trying to demean that their their beliefs or anything, but where do you think that belief would come from? Like, I don't know. Well, what, were were these guys like holy guys? I mean, they were, they were called priests, so I'm assuming they were kind of like religious officials or like monks well, they, or whatever. They had some kind of like, you know, what's the word? Prestige to them. And these people had faith in them. So if it's kind of like any priest just being like, I bless you, child, or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm blessed. You know, like mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like, but they were doing it with whips, you know, so they had the faith. <laughs> the whip is where it's at. Give me that baby. Basically, is what they were saying. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how many ch- children you want. You know, like it's you know, if you want five, that's a lot of whippings. But you know, if it's just the one, then you're like, eh, fuck it, just one time and it's over with, and I'll get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep in mind that people back then had like ten kids or whatever, so because only like three survived. Yeah, but like. So. They probably got like one whipping and then like four came out. So then, you know, it's it even out. <laughs> the other thing that happened during this festival after this whole whipping thing, I guess, is the single man, mm-hmm. the bachelors of, of the whichever town this festival was taking place in, would draw the names of the single ladies that they would have previously put in a container, uh-huh. and that was to become their partner for that for that year. Oh, yeah, she, that chick mentions it, right? Exactly, uh, yeah. Uh-huh, that's yeah. right. She mentioned that in the movie, and I thought that was kind of a fun, like, obscure little Easter egg about this, because mm-hmm. I didn't know about this, like, as far as, ha- <clears throat> like, choosing your girlfriend for the year with, like, just draw- drawing her name from a hat, literally, like... <laughs> it makes things easier. You don't have to go looking for them, like, you know, you just fucking draw their name out of the hat, and it's like, all right, cool, we're going to be together for the rest of the year. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's have uh, fun. And according to this report, which, by the way, I found on, on history.com, mm-hmm. a lot of these pairings ended up in marriage and childbirth. So maybe the festival had, you know, some merit to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it definitely makes things a lot easier. And, <laughs> you know, I guess, you know, if, if you're dating and 
you're on Tinder or, you know, whatever dating app, it's hard to pick someone that you want to date, you mm-hmm. know, because, and also there's no guarantee that this person is going to stick around. So yeah. if all you have to do is just draw a name out of a hat, dude, like it's much simple, much simpler, <laughs> you know, takes all that, you know, research out out of the way <laughs> whatever's in there like all right and if it doesn't work you only have one year so a year goes by pretty fast you know so you can always just try next year for another one yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense kind of actually if you put it, put it that yeah. way i mean why I not know. i mean you you might end up with a toxica for a year but i mean that's it's only one year you know <laughs> after that again so it's all good the problem is when you run out of names to put in the hat. What are we going to do now? You got to move to a different village, my friend, by that point. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You, like, widen your search parameters. It's literally old school, <laughs> pro- like, profiles or, like, you know, dating apps. Yeah, like blind dating, I guess, whatever. Analog, analog way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no internet. The old school way, or, I mean, I don't want to... <laughs> Yeah. But, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same way that swinger parties work, kind of, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. You just, I mean, I don't know how those work, but I assume that you just kind of go to a party and then... I've never been to one, but I know people that have gone, and <laughs> they've told stories about it, and basically the way that works is, I mean, or the ones that they went to, at least, is that they would put their keys in a jar or something like that. Huh. So then the opposite person would, so if, if a lady was driving and uh, then a guy would draw from that jar okay right? so they had like the lady's jar and the guy's jar whatever uh-huh and it's always like an even number of couples whatever so there's always like you know an even number of matches whatever and they would just draw the keys and they would say oh that's my key so then mike goes with like juanita and then like <laughs> you know lupita goes with with juanito so like you know interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. You just raffle each other out. like. Yeah, except these only happen like overnight, and after that, you were like, whatever, you know. But this, this yeah. in this case, the festival was for a year. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot more commitment in that one. But yeah. a year is only 12 months. 12 months go by fairly fast. <laughs> so then, eventually, as I guess, you know, the Romans became more civilized, and, you know, they kind of started saying, like, ah, maybe we shouldn't run around naked do- while doing this. So then they started kind of wearing clothes and... It, it became a little bit more formal like they actually wore like special like clothing for it and instead of whipping uh, the ladies on, on their behinds or, or whatever mm-hmm. they would whip them on their hands so they would like stick out their hand and they would whip them like kind of like punishing a, a bad child at school you know oh okay yeah, that's fucking boring <laughs> they were from like something like intense <laughs> like crazy to like like eh, just a slap on the wrist yeah, you know, because I mean, it's, it still carries the same significance, quote unquote, but yeah, I mean, they took the whole fun element out of it. Yeah, eh, whatever. <laughs> so, you might be asking yourself, why or how did this develop into the current modern day Valentine's Day? Mm hmm. So, ah. they, <laughs> I mean, they go into <laughs> that by saying that sometime around the third century AD, so I mean, this has been about 900 years of this happening, you know, by this point. There was a man that was named Valentine, several men named Valentine that were made to saints, but this one guy specifically was killed by a Roman emperor because he was promoting Christianity, 
and he was marrying people according to the Christianity rites. So, so like, I guess, you know, a Christian wedding, whatever. Because back then, Christianity was pretty persecuted by the Romans. Wow. So this guy was captured by, by the, I guess, the Roman legions, you know, the, the soldiers. And the emperor had him executed because he was, again, marrying people unlawfully, quote-unquote. But, so, were the, were the Romans Catholic? Not at this point. I mean, Christianity had been around for maybe like a couple hundred years by this point. Uh-huh. 250 maybe. But it was still not the accepted religion of Rome. It was still kind of like pagans. Kind of. Well, but Rome is Christianity. It's Catholicism. It kind of developed into that. They kind of mixed and absorbed other concepts. And they kind of molded, molded their own version of it. But it took, okay. a, it took a while. Yeah. But it happened overnight. So... According to this, um, this guy named Valentine, he fell in love with a girl named Julia mm. before he got executed, mind you, and of course. <laughs> so right before he went off to get killed off, whatever, he, the last letter he sent her was signed from your Valentine. So that's where the expression of Valentine comes from. Like, like I want to be your Valentine kind of thing from this guy because he wrote his last love letter to this girl right before he got killed. Aww. Yeah. So mm. then, sometime in the in the following centuries, the guy was made into a saint, and they changed the celebration from the 15th of February for this festival into the 14th. And I think we talked about how religions kind of like morph over time, and they absorb concepts, and they kind of become their own thing. Mm -hmm. So they assimilated this kind of like festival of Lupercalia, and kind of mixed it with this dude because he was a saint, so it's around the same day. So, and eh, it's just kind of like eh, fused together, and <laughs> you know, like made it work. Yeah. And, and now we have people sending like gift cards and chocolates and flowers because mm. some dude was killed because he was promoting Christianity. Damn. <laughs> well, capitalism, dude. That's what happened. <laughs> was basically invented so that people could spend money on that day i mean some people that follow christianity like i guess the, the more devout ones or the most like you know in-depth christians or the ones that follow that more closely still recommend not to celebrate valentine's day because of its pagan origins like we mentioned right now i mean the origins are still connected to this festival of the whipping with naked people and you know stuff like that so yeah and some of those symbols still remain with us today because red is a symbol of the blood of the the people or the animals that were sacrificed not the people but the animals it's morbid <laughs> and, yeah, and then white is the color of the milk that they use to clean their faces whoa so wow i'm never gonna look at a valentine's day the same <laughs> when you see a red gift card on your mailbox whatever okay that reminds me of the blood of the goat that was killed <laughs> like 2,000 yeah. years ago. No. I, I think then... I mean, I already don't really celebrate it, but now I'm going to be like, Ugh. let's just do blue valentines. I don't want to, you know, let's not mess with the red anymore. <laughs> I mean, you got to wonder what, what other hidden origins to all the stuff that we celebrate today are. Well, I mean, honestly, everything that we celebrate came from something messed up probably because... I'm pretty sure some freaking executive somewhere was like, oh, look what I found. There's this, like, thing that people used to do back in the day. Like, we should totally, like, make it, like, like modernize it and then profit from it. 
that's how every freaking like holiday is born dude like yeah it's literally just there to, because it's so excuse for people to spend money and then that's how that's how the world works it's annoying so uh, i mean you make an excellent point there my friend i think uh, well, basically every holiday right now nowadays takes place because of economic interests yes. somebody or a group of somebody's out there and I'm not saying don't celebrate Valentine's Day. I mean, if you want to, go ahead. I mean, have, spend time with your loved ones, yeah. your friends, your your significant other or others. <laughs> and, uh, you know, have fun. But in the end, like you said, I think a lot of it comes down to money, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Just consumerism. It kind of loses its meaning. You know, if you think about it that yeah. way, it kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I, I guess a final thought that I would have is imagine if humans are still around in, in like, the year 4,000, 2,000 years from now. Why are they gonna think of our famous ritual of Taco Tuesday? <laughs> They'd be like, why were people celebrating tacos? Like, what? <laughs> you think they're gonna dress up like tacos and like do dances and stuff? <laughs> I wanna dress up like a taco for Taco Tuesday. Like, <laughs> why not, dude? It'd be a fucking carne asada taco or like. A birria taco. I'm, I'm into birria now, so uh-huh. I'll, I'll be a birria taco. I had some good ones here today, actually. You know, Bianca, uh, she she bought some and she had some leftovers, so she gave me one at lunch today and at work. Yeah. And I was like, these are damn good. These are pretty good. <laughs> Where'd you get from? I don't remember. Like a stand that was close to, or a place that's close to work. Not a stand, but like a real restaurant. I need to ask huh. because those were pretty legit. They were bomb. They're, they're, yeah. they're greasy, but I mean, eh, what taco isn't greasy, you know? Dude, you need the greasy. Like that, <laughs> that would be my final thought. I mean, and it's one of the regrets that I have about not living long enough to see the future. To see how mm-hmm. our beliefs of nowadays devolve or evolve into something completely different, like in 2000 years from now. Like, that would be kind of interesting. Damn, that's so true. I never even thought about that. Before. Wow. This well, is why I can't sleep at night, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> These are the thoughts you have. I wonder what all the things that I'm going to miss out on. Well, it is what it is. It is, and that's why I get drunk. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> that was our academic segment in which we discussed Lupercalia as the possible origin of modern-day Valentine's Day. So okay. if you have any opinions out there, email us, comment, like, subscribe, give a review. <laughs> flowers if you want to, you know, that'd be cool. I'm all down for chocolates, I mean. Yeah, chocolates, um, candy... Whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're always down for snacks. Gift cards. I mean, that, that, that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> I like books. You know, you guys want to send me gift cards for Barnes & Noble. That'd be freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that some Barnes & Noble are going to build bars into them. Oh, my God. That would be so awesome. Imagine, dude, readings while you're drunk. Dude. <laughs> yeah. That so cool. sounds like paradise, my friend. Especially if they have food yeah. like... like Tortas or tacos and damn, dude. Like, dude, I mean, we already have a Starbucks in like most of the, well, in all of the Barnes and Nobles, like, and that's already pretty cool. Uh-huh. But imagine, dude, alcohol? No, that would be a game changer. Everyone would go buy books because they'd be so drunk to be like, oh, go find, you know, do I would never thing. leave. Me neither. <laughs> that would be my spot. I would live in the Barnes and Noble, like, just that. <laughs> That'd be freaking cool. I don't know how, nice. how true that rumor was, but I read that at least we're going to try it in a few of them, maybe, like, to see what happens. Yeah. And I guess... Well, it, yeah, that's so, how it's... Yeah, I mean, so... Yeah, that was... Uh, 
a really fun conversation we just had there. And stick around because we got some more stuff coming up. We got the Know Thine Enemy segment in which we're going to talk a little bit more about the twin, or not twin, but like the two killers in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's going to come up after these messages. This is the Nostalgia Junk Podcast, where one person's junk is another person's childhood. I'm Matt McGraw. And I'm Kyle Smith. Join us each week as we take a deep dive into your pop culture consciousness and discuss everything from movies, TV, music, cartoons, toys, video games, and more. And we want to hear from you, so connect with us. Nostalgia means so many different things to so many different people, so share with us your favorite piece of nostalgia. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NostalGunkPod. And you can subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. Let's get this thing up to 88 miles per hour, and we'll see you next week. All right, so we are now at the Know Thine Enemy segment, in which Monica and I go a little bit more in depth about the villains or antagonists of the topic at hand here. And mm-hmm. so we have, I believe, two villains, Monica. I don't know about you. Yeah, I agree. Because we have the first serial killer guy, Harry, mm-hmm. that lost his mind when he got locked into that mine shaft. And he killed his coworkers, and then he was in a coma. He woke up after 10 years with like superhuman strength and killed like half the town. Yeah. <laughs> And then we have Tom, a.k.a. Jensen Eccles, who Ooh. took up as the torch, I guess, so to speak, after several years, also. So, the classification system puts these guys under the dual nature because they're just regular human beings. Yeah. They're not supernaturally motivated. I mean, as far as we know, they're not possessed or anything. I mean, I, 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 I say that because I want to touch up on that in a minute. But, in essence, they don't seem to be, like, for example, Michael Myers mm-hmm. or Jason that are, like, superhuman killers. They're just regular people Yeah. that happen to have somehow snapped their minds or whatever the case is. So, like we said, Harry was trapped with five people in a mine because Tom made a mistake. And I, I think, like, a, a gas pocket blew up or something, right? Yeah. So that resulted in Harry and the other five people being trapped. And then Harry went to work with his pickaxe there to conserve his oxygen supply, I guess. And then he fell into a coma, but then he woke up and like killed like you know a lot of people in the town. Mm-hmm. I can't get it like say enough about the hospital scene in the beginning of the movie. That's just like ridiculous. <laughs> I know that was like overkill like that was a lot of i just still can't understand how he had the strength to kill all those people yeah it's kind of unexplained but i mean it is what it is true (laughs) and then tom's origin would be that he becomes mentally unstable after being attacked by harry Mm -hmm. during that whole little high school party thing at the mine yeah do you think Something was in that mind that made these people snap their minds like something. I mean, maybe not supernatural or something Maybe like a gas or something Yeah, I mean that would make sense like there's a bunch of I mean they're digging in there There's got to be stuff that 
affects them. I mean, I know, I mean, I don't know, but like, I've heard of how working in mines causes cancer and all this other shit. So I'm sure it causes some kind of like chemical imbalance too if you're there too long. I mean, I would imagine that any effects from any gas would be temporary, like maybe like an hour or a few minutes, whatever. But um, I mean, I, I've never, to my knowledge, come across or, or heard of a substance that like makes a person lose their mind just by hanging out there for a few minutes or whatever. But now I would need to ask you the second question is, do you think something supernatural might have been there? Because Harry was like, as far as we know, a regular guy in, in the mine. He was just like a regular worker. But when he got trapped in that shaft with the guys, he killed them. And not happy with that, after waking up from his coma, he killed like 30 people in the hospital and like 20 high school kids. At one point, they say he killed 22 people, but he killed more than 22. Like, like that's just... Yeah, like, it, I mean, it could have been that he was hunted, or just straight-up trauma and shock, and just not being able to cope with the fact that you murdered your co-workers in the mine. So now you're like, eh, why not kill a couple more people? In for a penny, in for a pound type of thing? Mm-hmm, yeah. So then, why does Harry, like, when they're having that little showdown in the, in the final scene, I guess, in the mine, the sheriff, Axel, asks him, Hey, Harry, are you there? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. Do you think it's possible that, A, Jensen was possessed by the spirit of Harry, or, B, Jensen's mind snapped to a point that he thought he had become Harry? I think it's the second one. I think that makes more sense, also. Yeah. Like, given the fact that this isn't really, like, a supernatural-based movie, I, I no pun intended, app. <laughs> <laughs> I think that somehow, after being a victim of that whole killing spree, or almost being a victim, that somehow his mind just kind of snapped, and he thought he was Harry. Mm-hmm. At that point. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think their goal is, just flat out? I think it's just... To get rid of that whole town. To get rid of the Just like chaos and destruction and death? Yeah, I mean, because if the whole town is gone, who's going to tell the story, right? <laughs> who's going to be afraid? Who's going to be judging him for making that mistake that cost people's lives? I feel like, yeah, they just want to kill people because they kind of found a thrill in it. They discovered something they hadn't felt otherwise and... When they claim their first victim, they kind of get like a Russian or I don't know. That, that's just my theory. It could be, but like, think about it. Like, this guy made a mistake that caused people that he knew to die. Yeah. And he never lives it down because the whole town blames him for what happened and for the murders that happened after that, too. So he snapped. And I mean, the only way to get rid of people telling him is to murder everybody. It's kind of like a butterfly effect, because he's the one that, through negligence, caused that first explosion. And then, yeah, that, that original five murders. Mm -hmm. And then the other 50 that happened after that, I mean. But what the fuck was the high school kid doing messing with the plans for the mines? I mean, his dad owned the mines, so he just gave him a job there. Well, yeah, but like that's a very important job. You would want an engineer to be taking care of that stuff. Definitely, I agree with you. 
Like, what? That's his dad's fault. Putting his kid in charge of something so risky. Mm-hmm. That was total and complete negligence, my friend. I agree with you. Yep. So, what do you think of the miner's suit? Is it scary? Is it just like, eh, or like... Mm. I, mean, I mean, it's super scary. The mask is a little scary. Because, like, you mean, you're used to seeing that in that specific setting. If you saw it outside of it, it would be creepy as hell. So, I think it's effective. Yeah, I mean, some dude wearing, like, a black getup with, like, a gas mask and a yeah. helmet. Like, what? With the axe, pick, or whatever that thing was, pickaxe. Yeah, the pickaxe. Uh, that was his weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do seem to have, both of them, above average strength. I mean, not superhuman strength, but, like, I guess slightly above, because they, they handle that pickaxe pretty handily. I mean, they kind of, like, twirl it and, like, mm-hmm. do all kinds of weird stuff. And at some point, they, I mean, they managed to drive it through a person's skull like nothing. Like, se- several people, actually, several bodies that are, like, dismembered <laughs> through this weapon, you know, like. With the shovel is the one that was pretty cool to me. Oh, yeah. When the guy just like rams a shovel in her jaw and then just. Yeah. Just in half. Like, whoa. That was intense. I mean, I would imagine that it takes a lot of effort. I mean, I wouldn't know. but... Yeah, but I mean, you're crushing through bone and flesh and tendon. That dude must have been hella strong. What do you think is a weakness they might have? Just, I mean, are, they're regular humans, so I mean. Just human error. Because had he not revealed that the writing on the wall and the whole thing with the picture and or the hearts and stuff, whatever he said to her, like he could have gotten away with it. She maybe would have killed the cop. I think so, because she was having like second thoughts about who might be the real killer. Yeah, and even even after she found out and she realized that he was actually like nuts. You see her kind of make this face like she feels sad. Yeah. So she had compassion for him and everything. So had he not slipped up like that, maybe maybe things would have ended differently. He would have been alive. Well, he is alive, but he would have been with his chick and the other guy would be out of the picture. Yeah. So get his girl back. So what is the deal with people that, you know, in, in the case of movies, you know, like the villains that just seem to be like regular humans, they always survive, somehow. I know, it's like, he got in the freaking liver, dude, or like, kidney, wherever the hell that was, and he survived after he had a bunch of stuff, like, fall on him, and then he had the strength to shove the pickaxe in that dude's eye, like, and take his mask, you know what I noticed? The mask wasn't broken. No. When he came out. No, it wasn't. So, what the hell? Dun, dun, dun. Maybe, maybe movie, he... movie mistake. <laughs> Continuity error. Maybe he killed a different rescuer and took his maybe. mask. I mean, he had already killed like 20 people at this point. So, I mean, what's in their right. body to the count? I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, I-, I had put here that they would be <laughs> brought down with enough damage. But now that I think about it, this guy's like unkillable because he had he got shot he he blew up in a fireball uh-huh and then he yeah. had like, i don't know how many tons of rock and dirt and wood fall on top of him and he still had the strength to kill the guy with one hand not only that but like it he was burned i didn't see any burns yeah 
Like, what the hell? Like, did nothing happen to his body when that thing blew up in his face? Like, he should have practically melted. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's, it's a fireball. Like, I mean, wow. try putting your your finger for a flame, like in a flame for like a second, and see what happens to your skin. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't don't try it. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't do this, anybody out there. Don't. I'm gonna burn myself getting stuff out of the oven. Yeah. I would not. I would imagine that being in front of a fireball would be a lot, a hundred times worse. So, I call it bullshit. <laughs> well, it's movie plot armor for the villains, my friend. They also have some benefits, because you know. Yeah. You gotta bring them back for a possible sequel that, in this case, never happened. But. True. I mean, maybe they were hoping for like a franchise type of thing. Maybe. But. Mhm. Mm model. So, what is your opinion of the miners as, as villains? How effective are they? Are they scary? What do you think? I think they're scary. Yeah. I would give them a... I'm gonna go with the seven. Seven skulls in the scary meter? Yes. I was gonna give him a six. So that's like a 6.5 skulls in the scary meter for both of them. Because I do want to say, I mean, I, I don't want to, <laughs> like, I mean, imagine... You come home after like a long day of work and you see some random dude, like a hulking beast of a dude, like six foot tall with like a pickaxe and a, and a miner's S&M getup. Like, <laughs> yeah. That would be terrified out of my mind if I see like a, a guy like that just hanging out in my neighborhood or my house or whatever. Dude, I get scared with shadows. Imagine an actual person. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously the connection to Valentine's Day was, I mean, because that's when they had their sprees, whatever. Mm -hmm. But what do you think was the meaning of them taking the hearts out of the victims? I think it's just something they did because of Valentine's Day because nothing else really connects it. Other than that. I think so. I mean, they never mentioned any, any kind of like rituals or any kind of stuff that they might be trying to mm -hmm. like uh, come across or whatever. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, and uh, just be careful because Tom's still out there. Yeah, Somewhere that's in the world. true. He's out there, probably hiding in some mine. Hacking people with pickaxes. <laughs> breaking jaws. Crushing skulls. You know. Just nice, fun evenings for him. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so we gave these guys 6.5 out of 10 skulls in the scare me term. You got mm -hmm. any final thoughts, my friend? I just thought Valentine's Day is no longer something that I will look forward to. <laughs> well, you got your beige and echoes. Thank for that, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so that was our uh, Know Thine Enemy segment. <laughs> and we will be right back with the least favorite segment of both of us. <laughs> <laughs> after this short break, so we'll be right back.
Alright Monica and the audience and myself, Le Sad Face for tonight because we are once again at the end of our podcast episode. So <laughs> a little bit of a late reaction there my friend. Yeah. <laughs> It takes a while for your brain to connect at this yeah. time of the day. <laughs> well, I want to thank everyone that has listened to this episode for taking some time to enjoy our company. And mm -hmm. I want to thank you, if you are a first-time listener, for joining us in this journey. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I also want to thank you if you are a repeat listener. Thank you very much for being part of the EMBL squad. Do you have any shout-outs for tonight, Monica? Um, yeah, to <gasps> everyone who listens, duh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I got some specific ones. Well, one specific one and one a little bit kind of like yours that's a little vague. Okay. <laughs> I want to thank our friend Mariah because she sent us some summer ween correspondence. Aww. Uh, did you see the post that I put on Instagram earlier? Yeah, I did. Thank you, Mariah. <laughs> Dude, she's awesome. Uh, she sent us a little postcard thing. She sent us some stickers, a little, like, a couple of creepy pictures for us to collect, you know? Nice. So, yes, Mariah, thank you very much. You are awesome. In case anybody's wondering who Mariah is, she was a guest of ours in episode 10. She has a um, thing where she does medium work. <laughs> so, if you want to hear all about that, please do listen to that episode. You can actually find her on Instagram under Halloween Girl Forever. So, if you're into that kind of stuff, go ahead and, you know, follow her. Give her a like here and there, you know. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. She's a great person. And she asked uh, if we would be cool with doing another collab. And I said, yes, by all means. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's bring her back sometime soon. And the next shout out that I have would be for the Twitter followers because that number keeps going up, my friend. We have already passed 700. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's cool, dude. I mean, it's, it's awesome to have people support. And I mean, like I said, I mean, sometimes they reply, sometimes they don't. But I mean, it's, it's it's part of it, right? And I just get really happy when I see that number jump. Yeah. <laughs> and go up and up and up. I'm thinking that we are probably going to hit a thousand by the end of the year. Ooh, we should do a giveaway. <laughs> that would be, I think, a pretty realistic goal. Get, get a thousand by, you know, December ish yeah mm -hmm. and i don't know maybe we can do a giveaway for them but i was thinking of doing something a little different i don't know we'll see what happens from here to there okay sounds good a giveaway but not the stuff that we've been giving away so far i mean we've given away stickers cups mm -hmm. picks etc but it depends i mean if you guys are willing to you know help us get that number up and up and up yeah we might develop some other ideas to uh make something uh, special mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i want to remind the listeners of our social media accounts we have our uh, facebook under exploring the myths behind the legends and we have our instagram under myths behind lgds our twitter is myths behind lgds and you can also email us at myths behind legends at gmail.com Alright, and we have our Letterboxd profile under Myths Behind Legends, and like I mentioned earlier in the episode, you can go in there and recommend movies for us to put in our watch list. You can build your own profile and 
do your own reviews, share, comment, like other people's reviews, etc. So that's a pretty fun place to go. Once again, that's under myths behind LGDS. And we have our infamous website, which I have yet to update. <laughs> and I'll get to that this weekend, I promise. Okay. So that is under myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot mailchimpsites.com awesome because <laughs> <laughs> if i don't perk myself up who is going to perk me up <laughs> sure. all right so uh, monica you want to give our audience the hint for the following episode for next week yes so this one's going to be about a sexy vampiress that sounds very exciting for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. You're going to in this one. I've seen this movie before, and I, I, I mean, not for a while, but I've seen it before, and it's I thought it was a good movie back then mm-hmm. when I saw it. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. It's I think it's become a classic of our generation. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, what I agree. Mm-hmm. And, well, we can talk about the history behind that when we get to that episode, but, yeah, it's, it's I'm looking forward to that. Alright, right, Monica, do you have any other final comments or thoughts about this episode before we bid our audience farewell? Mm, I will probably no longer be celebrating Valentine's Day. (laughs) I don't care for it anymore. (laughs) Was this before this episode or since this episode? (laughs) All these things came to light. (laughs) Uh, I already didn't really care for it I, I all i care for is the candy you know um nice. and now I, after the reveal of its origins nah menos I'm, menos <laughs> au revoir valentine's day <laughs> i mean i haven't celebrated it in a while obviously uh, but uh, i don't know i mean if if i found the right somebody then maybe maybe you go run around and whip them in hopes that they uh, bear your child. <laughs> I would take my clothes off and chase the woman through the neighborhood and whip her with a goat leather skin whip if that meant prolonging my, my bloodline. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am kidding. I would not do that, obviously. But, you know. Uh-huh. Okay, sure. Maybe maybe not sober, but I mean, oh, I'm not completely drunk either. But Just to say what what drunk Chewy would do. <laughs> not to say I wouldn't do other equally freaky stuff. Not kidding, but <laughs> behind closed doors, my friend. Behind closed doors. Um, yes, though. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm revealing myself myself like too much about myself in this episode, but. <laughs> Don't judge, guys. Don't judge. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that was our episode. I want to wish everybody a great morning, evening, night, naked whipping session, if that's what you're into. And we'll see you in the next one. Until then, be good to everybody and have a good one. Bye.